This episode is called Working Connections, and we're going to talk about networking. I believe it's kind of a motto in my life that, you know, your, your, your net worth is found in your network. You know, show me who your network is, and I can prove to you what your net worth is going to be. Hey, everyone. Katrina here. We took a small break to focus on Easter, and the Hype Pod is now back. We're bringing you a really sought-after recording from a Hype session in 2022. Now, I know some of you who love our off-the-cuff conversations, you're thinking, what, another pre-recorded episode? Yes, absolutely. And I've got a couple reasons why I know you're going to love and need this episode. So if you've ever wondered why you're not making the right connections or whether your network is working for you or against you, or maybe you're just downright uncomfortable with networking altogether, you're going to love this one. You've heard us say it time and time again, this quote of Pastor Adams that we have launched the Hype Network upon, that you are one connection away from breakthrough. And we truly believe that. And it's one of the pillars of Hype Network as an initiative, which is to create a space for catalytic connections, hence Hype Sessions, networking events. And having genuine relationships are key to real connection, not just mustering up the confidence for an elevator pitch or opportunistic efforts to work the room, but instead it's applying biblical kingdom culture to networking. And in my opinion, it's the way God intended it. After this particular session, I'm telling you, I got so many requests for a copy of the recording. So you're gonna hear from Michelle Stewart. She was our moderator for the evening. Michelle is on the pastoral team at Vive Church. She's a good friend of mine. She leads up our global outreach initiatives and has a successful and notable background as a corporate lawyer in the Silicon Valley, so she knows her way around these parts. Obed Martinez is the lead pastor of Destiny Church. You're gonna hear us refer to him as the King of Connections, which makes him super crucial to this particular conversation. Jake Sweetman, in addition to being the lead pastor of C3 LA, a multi-site church in Los Angeles, has, along with his co-founder, founded Vast Media Network. They're a network of great podcasts about the intersection of faith and culture. Both pastors Obed and Jake are great examples of ministers in our network who fluidly intermix industry and ministry really well. Entrepreneur and kingdom builder Maria Palacio is a CEO and co-founder of Progeny Coffee. You're going to hear her on the panel as well. She and her husband and co-founder, John, are part of our Vive Church family. Progeny's mission is to lead farmers out of poverty, and this is her innovative twist on her family's legacy of generations of coffee farming in Colombia. At the very beginning, you're going to hear a familiar voice, Vance Rausch, who you all know really well from our Hype Pod episodes, because he's going to give an awesome brief on Vest Fund. And the reason why I left that in is because among the many exciting new things that Hype Network is bringing to Amen Conference this year is along with our partnership with Vest Fund and Vibe Church is our first ever pitch competition. Yes, you heard it here. A pitch competition put on by a faith-based network and it's launching at a church conference. It's really just characteristic of Vibe Church, isn't it? It's disruptive, innovative, and aggressively advancing the kingdom. So if you want more about hype at Amen Conference, you want to learn more about what this pitch competition is all about, go to amenconference.org or visit our website, hypenetwork.org, and we'll have some direct links for all of you and more information coming out over the next few days. Okay, enough from me. I hope you enjoyed the intro, but you're going to love the podcast. So enjoy the episode. And so um, the idea of this hype session was a little bit of a risk, right? But another word for risk is faith. 
And it was really cool to see all the feedback from yesterday, people receiving from this session. So we're excited for tonight. But Vest Fund, uh, really quick, um, can I get a raise of hand of anybody that's ever had an idea for a business before? Okay. Anybody that has a friend that has had an idea about a business? Okay, before. How many people have actually raised serious venture capital money for that business? Raise your hand. Okay. So that's like under 5% of the room. That's why Vest Fund has come together. The reason why Vest Fund has come together, and it's a small fund, but it's purpose built to be the first check in to your idea so that you can go full time on the idea. It really came out of my own experience as a founder. When I started Overflow, what happened was, and Kim is my witness, I pitched 50 venture capitalists, and they all said no. <laughs> uh, I applied to Y Combinator, and because I didn't have the right background, I didn't have the right degree, and because they didn't actually believe that the church space was growing and that people would actually continue to give, they said no. And so the purpose of this fund is to invest into phenomenal but underestimated founders that are going to change the world. And so if you're down for that... We've created a network of people that have been able to fund this, and we're very grateful for that. And we're excited to see all the ideas that come in. So vestfund.org, vestfund.org. We hope you sign up. We hope to see our ideas. And um, let's get ready for it tonight. Thanks, Pastor Adam. Yeah, thank you. Great job. Yeah, if you, also, if you have an idea, go ahead. Get, jump on the Vest Fund. Fill out the application. Pitch your idea in 140 characters or less. No, I'm kidding. Uh, uh, just, just give a quick pitch. Uh, or if you know somebody, you've been talking to them, and, and you, know, you want to refer them somewhere where they may be able to just get a start, why don't you send them a link as well? But I uh, hope you got your notepads ready. Or if you're very technical, got a, a device to take some notes. We're also going to have uh, a section of Q&A. So I want to prepare you right now so that you can be thinking of intelligent questions that will benefit you and possibly the entire room that you can ask these panel of experts at the end of the session. And uh, Pastor Michelle, who's going to be leading this, you want to come up here. Let's welcome Pastor Michelle. leave time, no matter how good the conversation is, going to leave time uh, so that you can get your questions answered. But um, yeah, why don't you introduce the panelists? Absolutely. Um, if actually all the panelists can come on up and join me on platform. How are you all doing tonight? Good, good, good. I'm so excited for this session. Just want to, once again, just honor Pastor Adam Pastor Kira for putting these hype sessions together. Yes, they blew my mind. Web 3... That whole world has always been intriguing, so I'm so glad that we can actually, from yesterday, hearing about all these incredible things, figure out today, how do we actually make connections? How do we actually put that into action? So before we get too far forward, I want to go ahead and introduce our panel. Um, I'm going to go from my left to right over there. Um, starting off over here, we have Pastor Jake Sweetman. We love... Pastor Jake and Pastor Nicole have been such phenomenal. We love you guys so much. Pastor Jake leads us, lead pastor for C3 LA, um, which is an awesome church out in LA. In about three weeks, you're launching Nashville as well, a, a campus in Nashville, Tennessee, which is brilliant on your part to have that connection between LA and Nashville. Um, but in your spare time, you also have a podcast platform. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Sure, yeah. I, um Where's Michael Whittle? 
Is he here in the room somewhere? Michael is actually the guy who runs uh, our podcast network. I just do the podcasting because I like to talk. Um, but we do a, a podcast that's focused on uh, theology and stuff happening in culture um, that is currently making some strides into being built out as a network and has some pretty exciting things happening this fall. I think we have six or seven new podcasts joining us, uh, which we're excited about. So, yeah, exciting days. Oh, my God. Your last podcast was two men talking about abortion. Two men talking about I abortion. I said that is a good way to Let's go. <laughs> Let's go, Pastor Jake. <laughs> I'm actively trying to get canceled. Yeah. Uh, that is my, uh, my number one goal in life. We love you. Um, and on that, we'll go to Maria. Is right to his right over there. This is Maria and her husband John. She is the uh, founder, co-founder, and CEO of Progeny Coffee, um, and she's a fifth-generation Colombia farmer. So, Maria, do you want to tell us a little bit about Progeny Coffee and and what it is you do there? Yes. Well, thank you so much, uh, everyone for being here. I'm so excited to be here with all of you. This is my home church, so I'm from the house. Um, (laughs) So like Pastor Michelle said, my name is Maria. I am the co-founder and CEO of Progeny Coffee. We are a specialty Colombian coffee with a mission to leave farmers out of poverty. So for those who don't know me, I am a fifth-generation Colombian coffee farmer. That's what my family has done for generations. Um, And we create a platform where we deliver vacation technical support to the farmers in order to bring them hope and restoration. And then we distribute it here through Adopt the Farmer. You're going to quickly see why we assembled this like Avenger group of connectors together. Um, And last but certainly not least, we have Pastor Obed Martinez. And Pastor Obed, um, the the nickname I heard for you is the King of Connection. The King of Connection. And what's really cool about our our connection with this house is... um, Pastor Vance actually connected with Pastor Adam Mesa, who then connected him with you, who then connected him to ARC. And at ARC conference is where he met um, Peter, who's now doing our Royal Kids Spaces. And wow. he also met Pastor Tim Timberlake. And so King of Connection over there, Pastor Obed, has made so many connections here happen. He is the um, lead pastor at Destiny Church. He's been there for 18 years, I believe, which is incredible. But one thing that I was super fascinated about was is it meta entertainment that you've also sort of launched. Can you tell us more about that side? Yeah, just um, just have a heart for uh, the church space. And I feel like, um, you know, the world is getting darker and darker. And I think that, you know, it's time for the kingdom people to rise up, really use our talents and gifts and stop, you know, uh, prostituting them to the world. And uh, and so, um, Come on. you know, I, I think that we have I think we have great companies out there. Obviously, you're, you're, you guys are in the Mecca of it all. But they're not circumcised. And so we have to take on a David spirit and speak to the uncircumcised Philistines and tell them that we're about to take off. Let's go. Let's go. My goodness. Well, I mean, this entire... We should do a podcast episode about that. (laughs) Circumcision. I love it. Well, something Pastor Adam has been saying and just honestly breathed into the atmosphere is that you're one connection away from your breakthrough. You're just one connection away from your breakthrough. And so, Pastor Jake, if you could kick us off, and what does that look like in your world? Yeah, I mean, uh, I am absolutely 
uh, a personification of somebody who uh, is the product of people that I know. Yeah. Um, certainly not the product of my education or my experience or my knowledge. Uh, everything that I can point to in my life that is genuinely a blessing is a result of uh, people that have come into my life um, uh, that, you know, without any necessary huge amount of intention, uh, but just openness and humility uh, has led to amazing outcomes. Yeah. So even as an example, I mean, uh, during COVID, we were able to purchase one building uh, and then also um, move into a permanent lease for another one of our locations. And that was a result of my relationship with Pastor Adam and Kira. Um, and it's a long story, but uh, essentially came out of nowhere, you know, in the midst of, we were three mobile campuses before COVID. And two of those were in schools, which were not going to let us back in. Yep. And so just as a result of connection, we're able to uh, secure a facility during COVID and then also after COVID. So there's a lot of different stories I could tell, but yeah. <laughs> Come on. Okay, Pastor Obed, as the king of connection, how do you then make, how do you make these connections? How do you know if it's the right connection? Is there a, such thing as the wrong connection? How have you been able to navigate and know how to make connections? Well, first of all, I believe it's kind of a motto in my life that, you know, your, your, your net worth is found in your network. You know, show me who your network is and I can prove to you what your net worth is going to be. And, wow. and um, <clears throat> I think that, you know, there's good and bad connections. I, I think when it comes to being connecting or connector, the first thing is you can't have a motive. You know, people smell it. They see it. You know, I really believe that we are all called a steward, right? God told us, hey, steward everything I have. And one thing that I really take to heart is I, I truly steward relationships. And I, I, I talk to so many people, and immediately while I'm talking to them, I'm already thinking, hey, I'm going to connect you with this person. Hey, I'm going to connect you with that person. That's somebody that doesn't have a motive yeah. except just to let everybody win. Yeah. And, and I think that if you want to be relationally strong, uh, and build relational equity, you can't have any motives. You know, it's like people, you know, sometimes, you know, you go into a green room at a, at a church, you know, our pastor, right? You know, and, and you're in there and, and everyone's looking over each other's shoulders because they're looking like, who's coming in? And it's so disrespectful for the person that's in front of you because you look like an opportunist. And, um, and so at the end of the day, I really feel like there is really an anointing to be relational. And, um, and you really have to have a pure heart and the benefit has to be for them and not necessarily for you. Come on. So good. So, so good. Maria, you, are, you know, you use your talents primarily not in the church context with, 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 your, with your coffee and, and in that world. How have you found that connections, whether kingdom connections or just connections in general, have you been able to navigate that? Um, apply, I know we've talked a lot about even applying kingdom principles, no matter who it is that you're connecting with. Have you sort of navigated that world? Because you've met with some of the, like, you know, Sheryl Sandberg and top, you know, executives at tech companies all the way down to Colombian coffee farmers. How do you, like, have that diversity of connections and navigate that? Yes, that, yeah, that's a great question. Um, so one thing that I realized at the beginning, and 
you know, when you found the business, you're like so busy on like numbers and strategy and everything, and then you realize it goes down to people. Yeah. Like it gets down to people um, to, you know, push your company forward. It, down to people, people need to buy your coffee and so on, um, as well as progeny coffee is all about people and lifting uh, farmers out of poverty. But I remember at the beginning um, when, you know, I had gotten the first coffee and we roast the coffee and I had bags of coffee and I was ready to sell the coffee. And my dad comes, he's, you know, has been a farmer for generations and I, you know, I bring him here to the US and he's like, okay, grab everything, put it in the car and we're gonna go to supermarkets and we're gonna sell it out there. And this, I didn't have any sales. And I remember walking inside the supermarket and I was right away looking for the manager, the leader, the high top and he's like, no, 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 we honor at the bottom and then we start because you know you know Jesus did said that the last will be the first and like how do you honor those who are in front of you because um, at the end God won't see who you you know who you know but really who you honor and so I found that as I was going in this journey once I was starting to honor people that were not the leaders, were not, and you are storing that, and what he sees in the private, he started, you know, giving um, bigger connections. Yeah. And so I found myself that when I will enter into a room, I will always, you know, pray, and I ask the Holy Spirit, show me, show me who should I, you know, speak to, and I realized that it was always to the woman who was um, cleaning the bathroom. And then from there, as I was honoring them in the bathroom, in the private, later on, I'll get these amazing connections later on. But it was that testing. Um, <laughs> it was that testing, are you gonna be able to honor God's children? Because at the end, it's all about God's children. Um, and so one of the funny stories that I told Pastor Michelle was uh, someone called me randomly and I honestly, I felt so bothered that they were calling me because it was in my me time, it was in my gym time and no one bothers me on my me time. Um, and this person from Meta calls and he's like just trying to, you know, understand my business and everything and I thought it was a sales pitch and, um, and but I was just, you know, just honoring his time. And then he said, will you be willing to, um, you know, meet with a high executive of Meta? So I was like, oh, yeah, well, sure. And I was like, I, I literally told my husband, that could be like anything at Meta. Like, right. Facebook is so large. <laughs> like, oh. And like, moments later, I get the email from Sheryl Sandberg saying, I'm so sorry, I know you're very busy, but are you willing to have some time with me? And I was like, you're busy, like, no, I, I, I clear my agenda for you, but, but it was through that journey of honoring those who are not seen that it will take you to higher levels. Beautiful. Man, I love that. Um, Pastor Jake, can you elaborate that on, I feel like you model that so well, honoring everybody, and I've sort of watched you from afar and the way that you just connect with the person in front of you, um, and I know when we were talking about it, just even sometimes, that insecurity that, and that's gonna be really transparent, something can rise up when you're in a room. I do not like networking events because you're like, oh, I don't wanna interrupt that conversation. So how do you sort of get outside of yourself to put yourself in positions where you can even, in your mind, get to a point, I need to honor that person? Yeah. Um, something my, my mom told me several years ago that's always stuck with me is that insecurity is a form of pride. And so that's something that I think about quite a lot because, uh, I would say I naturally am 
um, more introverted in settings like this. Um, but a lot of the times when I'm honest with myself, that introversion is just insecurity. Yeah. It's feeling like you don't have anything to offer in a conversation or uh, maybe you get caught up in the comparison thing. Yes. And I, you know, I would suspect that no matter how high you climb in life and how successful you become, you're probably always dealing with comparison at some kind of level. But, but I think recognizing that that comparative, that insecure thing is, is just your pride flaring up. Um, and so, which is why I mentioned the word humility earlier, because I just think to actively remind yourself that it, it doesn't actually, they're not thinking about me and, you know, the, I'm not that important. <laughs> um, I'm just thinking about what they're thinking about me and should stop doing that. <laughs> I think the other thing too is uh, we're talking about connections, but because we're all people in the kingdom, um, that means that we, we view everything that we do through the lens and the filter of the kingdom of God. And so uh, that means that as we go about everything in life, including connecting with other people, it's really important that we're doing it under the reign of Christ, um, which is what the kingdom is. It's, it's the rule and the reign of Christ uh, in all the areas of our lives. And so I think trying to keep a, uh, a mindset that is open to not just like, what does Jesus want to use this person in my world to do? But how does Jesus want to use me in, in their world? And again, if you're insecure, you will disqualify yourself from even that option. Because how could Jesus use me to do anything if, you know, my view of myself is so insignificant? So I just think that kingdom piece is really, really important. Um, you know, it's probably a good verse for this topic. Paul said that the kingdom of God does not consist of talk, but of power. <laughs> and obviously he's talking about, you know, eloquent speech and preaching a sermon. Um, but I think the, the idea still applies in that the power of God wants to manifest through uh, our relationships and God wants to do um, really powerful things, whether it's in the business sphere or in the church world. Um, so uh, during COVID, there was a, a connection that I had made um, with somebody who just was, felt so beyond, you know, someone that I should try to connect with. Um, but I think just getting over that, that mindset and reaching out has, that one connection has led to just some beautiful breakthrough. The whole reason that I even got interested in some of the stuff that our podcast circulates around is because of that one connection. Wow. This person has also become from afar the biggest evangelist for our church wow. because of that one connection. So uh, it's just, I think, you know, putting on our Jesus glasses and yeah. viewing relationships through that filter. So good. So much there. Oh, my goodness. So much there. Um, Pastor Obed, I'm going to go to you now because I know, we, you know in our discussions we've talked about you know, it's easy to say we want to have connections, but being the right connection does sometimes cost, you know, if you're always connecting. How have you, in your world, and, and, and always being the connection, kept that feel to want to connect other people? Um, on the other side, you can sometimes come away being like, oh, are they just using me to get to my connections? Or are they just coming at me? You know, I'm, I'm you know, almost like perverting the innocence sometimes of people connecting with us. Have you navigated that to then always just be generous in your connections? 
Yeah, I, I, I think that's a fantastic question. I, um, you know, even speaking what Pastor Jake was talking about, I think oftentimes what causes insecurity to maybe put up a wall when some sense God has brought you that person to be a gatekeeper. Um, what happens is, is that you're focused on their glory, like the success story, right? And this is one of the reasons why, and just being very practical, one of the things I always do when it comes to a conversation is I always want to be the initiator of tell me your story. Because if I know your story, I'm going to appreciate your glory. I'm not going to be intimidated by it or insecure by it, right? And then try to compare. And so, um, and so when you understand that, you know, um, the way that even the, 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 the trinity of God works is, is, is a connection, right? And, and it is to empower and it is uh, to, uh, to elevate people's lives. And wow. you know, I, I don't ever have this. I've helped, you know, I've helped thousands of people. And I don't say that. I got friends here that would know that. And they, they know that. I'm just trying, you know, for those of you who don't know me, it's, trust me, it's a privilege. But I've never, I've, I've, I've introduced friends to pastors that next year would preach in their conference. I never have preached in their conference. Wow. Or, you know, introduced people to publishers. I've never published a book. And at the end of the day, my, man, my, my um, passion is to like, I want to see people elevated. And, and then I just go, you know what? At the end of the day, that story that initiated the entire conversation, God knew that there would be a chapter in, in their life for me. Yeah. And, um, and, and so I don't ever expect anything in return or, you know, hey, I'm going to do this for you. I, I think that when it's, it, when it's that, that's transactional. Yes. That's not covenant, yeah. right? And, and I don't want to have transactional conversations that turn into relationships. I want to have covenant relationships. And, um, and so then you just, you, 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 you guard the purity of your heart, right? Because if you start working a room and it's because, you know, I'm going to connect this person, I'm going to connect this person, and then because they're going to think I'm this, you know, great person, that's a bad motive in your heart, okay? And so the best way to stay pure, you know, my three words I live by, holiness, humble, and honor, those to stay that way is to have no intent except that person wins. You know, and a prime example really quick is, is that, the Holy Spirit, as I was a sinner, introduced me to Jesus. Imagine, Say that again. imagine if the Holy Spirit was a selfish friend and said, you know what? You're not good enough to meet him. But we, none of us come to Jesus without the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit leads us to Jesus. And there's no motive except for that person to win to grow, to prosper, to increase, to, to innovate, to think. And, and just to know that, and I've had a, I, you know, I was, you know, Vance has become a good friend of mine. I was just at ARC event yesterday, and we were talking, and somebody had mentioned that they're doing something with Overflow. And I was just smiling, right, smiling, you know, all this kind of stuff. And, um, and, 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 and just in my mind, 
I'm, I'm reminiscing and rewinding the story. You know, I'm like, man, I remember when I first met him. Man, I remember where he was. I remember. Now he has more friends than I do. You know what I mean? And, and you know, all these type of things. And I'm just, I'm just reminiscing. And I'm like, man, his company has affected your church. And I have a little small part of that story. Right? So that, that's what it's all about. Wow. I'm going to. That, like, that's my, like, that whole the Holy Spirit, while we were still sinners, said, you, you, you can meet Jesus. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, my goodness. Um, oh, I'm going to marinate on that one for a while. I was going to run around the room right now, but I won't. <laughs> Maria, I want, can you talk to us a little bit about um, the power of partnership, um, both in a very practical sense, um, in the sense of, you know, with your business, you literally are working with different people up and down the supply chain, but also just in the kingdom sense as well. Have you seen pop aligning yourself with the right, with the right church, if I do so say myself, uh, myself, and with the right, like, you know, connections, how has that accelerated even your company and what you've been able to do? Yes, definitely. So, you know, as a business owners, you quickly understand that you can do it alone. Um, and then, especially if you have a big dream and you're taking this massive mission of impacting and shaking the Colombian mountains, you realize that you just can't do it alone. Um, and you need the right relationships, but especially the godly relationships. So with my, this, John is my husband, my co-founder. <laughs> um, and so we lead everything through prayer. And every time we go into it, which will be the right partnership, which one, you know, who do we engage with, we always pray before and we always make sure that we're like sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And we both walk in um, trying to sense the space. What is God trying to say in the space? Is this the right one? Um, and many times we have needed to say no because just it didn't feel right in our spirit. It, it felt good on the natural world, in the bling bling, in the cash, in the check. Um, uh, but when just God doesn't settle in, I don't want to sell in for, you know, I want to I wanna go for the promise and not for the fake promise. Um, and so... We find out that Progeny Coffee has been able to grow as we partner with those rides. So, for example, in Colombia, we're lifting farmers out of poverty, and we need to display and you know um, expand through the mountains and bring this education and, and all of these engagements. Um, and through prayer, God has brought us like large organizations that are owned by you know the most powerful people in Colombia to be willing to put their money to be able to deploy the resources so we could build schools so we could just be able to bring 500 more farmers into our network um, as well as here um, I remember that we started selling coffee at parks uh, to housewives here in, in Silicon Valley, because you know there's a great community of housewives in Silicon Valley, um, and they all bring their kids. And when I was like, I don't know who to sell, I will go to the parks, I will open my table, and I'll put my two my girl because she was little, um, and my excuse was to bring them bring her to play, and I will serve them coffee. And I remember in those moments feeling like, what am I doing with my life? Like, I'm just like at a park serving coffee. Like, I studied. I left Colombia. The mo like, I was like the one that left. And yet I'm here serving coffee at a park. And I remember in those moments, like, just praying, like, I just need one person. I just need the right person that I could speak to, the right mom, the right. Um, and in, in that, 
through perseverance, there was this one person that connected us to our million dollar first contract. Through, it took me, it took me from the park all the way to a million dollar contract that then led us to, um, through also through some moms that we needed funding and that after everybody said no, all the banks and everybody, then they connect us to like this one person who is Titi who's sitting right there. Who <laughs> 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 um, she gave us our first check that we could be able to fulfill. And so since then we have been able to build this relationship. And as we were, you know, praying and looking for financing. Later on, we realized that Titi was a pastor. So not only we got financing, but we got financing from a pastor that was going to be there praying for me as we were taking on this challenge to go from eight bags to... <laughs> and there on, it has just taken us through those relationships higher and higher where we now serve all the largest tech companies here in Silicon Valley, and now we're doing massive partnership with Hollywood um, actresses, and so we're really excited, definitely like that kingdom. Um, but then also, um, we realized that as we were going out into the secular world, <laughs> um, that we needed to make sure we were focused in the kingdom and make sure, because God is our CEO, and we always say, God, you are our CEO, and so John and I were like, okay, how do we include? And so we call, we we're going to go out and raise money. And so we call Pastor Michelle to be our advisor. We call Pastor Vance to be part of our advisor. Uh, I don't know if um, Charles is here in the room, but he's also a leader in the, in the church. And so we, don't, we make sure that as we were going out to do funding and everything, we make sure that our advisory team was all from the church. So there was no question that we will give up God in any moment. Um, and right now... At our board, when we were creating our board, we made sure like Charles was going to be sitting at that board. And not so long ago, we had these very high-profile people, high-CEO profile people, and they were like, you need to remove that Charles from the board. And we're like, no devil, I am not going to remove the one that is the God that was being called to be here. Um, and um, that cost us $500,000. But, uh, but in the promise, I know that God will deliver us to a much higher promise. Well, that, that, that $500,000 $500, test is going to bring a return of $5 million. And we declare it over your Amen. life right now in Jesus' name. Come on. Um, well, I definitely want to open up for questions. Um, so let's, if their mic is available, if they're in, oh, you want to go? Do we have any questions in the room so far? I want to make sure we leave some time for that. What, uh, for anyone, but maybe for Pastor Obed too, um, what do you do when a network relationship goes bad? Um, how do you suggest one protects their heart or even handles that? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I, again, I f really feel that as long as your heart is right, you know, think of, um, think of uh, a network of brothers who did each other wrong. 
if if Joseph's brothers would have never betrayed him, he'd have never made it into the hands of made it into the palace of Potiphar's house. Potiphar's house, if he was never betrayed through that relationship, he'd have never made it to Pharaoh's palace, right? So I don't honestly, I don't really again, my intent is never to gain something. So as long as I stay, you know, holy, humble, and honoring, I'm it's it, that's to me, that's that's their fault. And and that's that showed their motive. Um, but at the end of the day, I really feel whatever what was supposed to happen through this kind of chain reaction of networking, God's promotion will still take place. So so I I, I you know I get that question all the time, Pastor Ben. What, you know when do I what do you do if someone betrays me? I'm like, well, isn't betrayal the prerequisite for promotion? I mean. Jesus got betrayed, but he got promoted, right? So, the end of the day, so I, I just feel like it has to stay. It, 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 to me, a relationship, even in my marriage, right? My, my, I, I love my wife, it, it, but, but my relationship with her is contingent on me, okay? Her relationship with, in, our, in our marriage is contingent with her. If we both stay pure, holy, and honoring, man, that relationship's going to thrive, right? But when you start trying to live for connections or, you know, other people, then what's going to happen, man, is that you're going to fall in the same trap that everybody else falls in, get hurt, put up walls. These people that betrayed you went on, and the reality is that you're still in prison of your last relationship that you just had. I don't know. That's the best way I can answer it. Um, Squint. Um, this is for Maria. When um, you found out that they were pastors, like, was this something about their character that attracted you to wanting to partner with them, or did you find that out after the check cleared? So, <laughs> I found it after. After you got the money. <laughs> so, I found it after the check because um, everybody had said no. So, we went to every single, and suddenly someone referred me, a mom referred me to working solutions and they were like the first one to believe and the first one to give us the check. It was later on because with the check came a financial advisory because um, my background is not finance, my background is design. So we needed to have that support. Um, and then I remember I was taking a meeting at the church and there was worship going out, but I, I like to take meetings, you know, from like a spiritual place because <laughs> um, I want to be with God. And I remember Titi saying like, oh, is that worship music? And I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm busted. <laughs> uh, and then she then said, um, no, I'm a, and she started telling. And then we, we go on into this year of relationship where she's my financial advisor. And now we're praying for breakthrough. And I am, and she's just speaking truth. And she's just prophesying over progeny coffee. And they're just believing. And in the moments really hard, I found that I was like, I have a financial advisor that I could just not only speak about numbers, but she could pray. Until this day, that was like, I think it was 2017, until this day, I still go, Titi, Titi, can you just pray over my financials? Um, so it was after. Any other questions? We got questions. Okay, over here. Hey, uh, quick poll. I don't think there's any, like, teenagers in here. I have a question about how to translate um, kingdom connection working to the next generation. Like, what... I see a couple of parents on this stage. So, like, how would you recommend uh, talking to your children about this, trying to infuse the same spirit in this room to the next, you know, the teenagers? 
I don't have teenagers yet, so I don't feel qualified. Yeah. Mine are two little ones, but um, I will say that I think as you're leading and you're becoming that role model for them, as they see you working and it, they see you prioritizing the church and the people of God. I know Bella will call, um, you know, Pastor Michelle and Pastor Adam and everyone. That she calls them the friends of God. And so she could see that we're constantly surrounded by friends of God. And so I feel like that started going deep into her heart as she grows. I, I hope that she will carry on. I have a 14-year-old. She's a girl. So you can imagine what I'm going through right now. Um, she had an incident a few months ago, and uh, her mom didn't want to tell me. And so I found out, right? So I went in her room, and I sat down with her, and I said, tell me what happened. And she tells me, and it's, it's with a friend. And this was my only response to her. I said, in this home, we build bridges. We don't burn them. And... Here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to ask you, I'm going to pray with you, and then I'm going to ask you to give it some time, breathe, and then if you have to text your friend or whatever it may be, and, she, and right away she went up, Dad, it wasn't my fault. I said, sweetie, I'm, I'm not asking you if it's your fault. We're always going to be bigger than the situation because we don't, we don't burn bridges, we build bridges. And I told her, I said, you never know who this person could be five years from now that can have a key to unlock something in your life that you need. And, and, and so, again, it's placing the value of relationships, knowing that nobody gets anywhere by themselves. Yeah. One comment I would make on that, because I think that connects really well to the first question about um, betrayal or, or even just you know, a lot of hardship in, in relationship, whether that's at a teenage level or, or um, an adult level, I would just caution us to make sure that we're not too quick to label relational hardship as um, an unhealable wound. And making sure that we think of our relationships as robust enough to be deeply tested because sometimes things will happen in relationships where the reality is that we might feel even something as severe as betrayed, um, but in actuality, the person is maybe operating in, uh, in good faith the best way that they know how. We all know life is messy, things are complicated, and we all go through stuff. And so valuing the relationship itself as being worth the time and the space to see what's on the other side of the difficulty. Awkwardness doesn't last forever. Um, and broken things do heal. And so my, in the realm of relationships, my number one aim, and maybe it's because my deepest, darkest fear is being alone, but my, my number one aim is I just want to get to the end of my life and I want to have genuine, lifelong friendships. Yes. And maybe there's a touch of naivety to that, but I have seen it modeled by some people quite well. And so this is, I know we've all experienced this to some degree, um, and the world's way is to just cut and forget. Um, and I just don't think that that's the way that we should do it in the kingdom of God. Yeah. We have time for one more question. Cool. Yeah, hey, this is probably a question for Pastor Jake. Um, hey. Um, <laughs> I'm curious, you talked about being a little bit of an introvert, 
And for us other semi-introverts, you know, when we go to like, you know, a big work conference or like, heck, church conference like tonight, and the session's over and there's like 500 people in the lobby, and I'm just like, I'm like, I don't know a lot of these people. I'm standing in the corner pretending to like text on my phone. <laughs> and thankfully my wife Anna's with me tonight, but when she's not with me, like, what do you do? Like, how do you connect? How do you get out of that? Yeah, it's just a discipline thing. Um, you got to check your motive as to, you know, what's really going on there. Uh, is it an insecurity thing? And I think just figuring out what's happening in your head. But at the end of the day, we just have to discipline ourselves, right? We're, we, we live for something bigger than our own comfort. Um, and so when you're in a setting like this, there are plenty of opportunity to kick it at home and keep to yourself and, and all that. Um, but when you're in a setting like this, God has you here for a purpose. And so I mean, the fact of it, like we just, let's, let's all just say it together. Like we're all insecure, right? So like everybody feels the way you do, whether they're introverted or extroverted or not. It's like, you know, I met a guy, Jeff, earlier. You probably never feel this way because you're the most lively person in the whole world. But, um, but for the other 99% of us, we're all a little in our head and, and that's okay. Uh, we just recognize that and go, well, this is not the time for me to lean into that feeling. Um, let me just, you know, exercise an authority over that. So, yeah. Well, let's give it up for our panel. This was so incredible. I'm gonna invite Pastor Adam. Yeah, come on. Let's give him a big round of applause. I really appreciate that. Hey, each episode of The Hype Podcast is a conversation about innovation, technology, and other market trends from the faith-filled perspective. Our hope is that these conversations fuel your innovative ideas and give you confidence to continue to build with kingdom principles. And even more than that, make kingdom connections through The Hype Network. So come and find us at thehypenetwork.org. You can learn more about events that are happening all over the country. We're excited to share more information with you. So get connected with us. Get on the email list at hypenetwork.org.